Jake, uh, heading into the weekend here uh, for Friday baseball, and I I just have to point out um, a great plays having another winning week. This looks like it'll be four straight weeks of a great plays winning, and that would make seventeen of the twenty two weeks that they'd be profitable. Uh, I don't know if you're not with us on Dub Club to get all those a great plays. I don't I don't know what you're doing to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it'd be absolutely foolish to not be involved there, especially with the totals and everything. It's just lining up. Totals, totals have uh, have done not quite as, as well. They've only been profitable 12 of 17 weeks. I don't play totals the first month of the season. So uh, only 12 of 17, you know, I mean, that's just terrible. Um, it's uh, cousin Jared mentioned it. I, I think I don't know, it was yesterday earlier in the week that, that, the A grade plays have just been so consistent this year, so so good. They did have a little two week losing streak. We sit here, let's just look at the sheet here. You know, seventeen and eighteen just didn't do well, and then now bouncing back four straight weeks. Um, and and that's just been how it's gone. And and I made this comment if you missed the interview I did with Dub Club that it felt like in the past, you know we kind of had this whole, like every month can't be a winning month. Everybody knows that, but like, it's really felt like, like every month has been a winning month, which is insane. It's been every week's not profitable. Absolutely. But like on the month it has been. And uh, again, if you're not with the Sun Dub club, I, I it's, it's, it's under a dollar a day. Uh, the winners are there. Uh, just play the A grade plays and, and you get a lot of other information. That's the thing is try to cater a lot of information, you know, what you want to do, like minimum sign up, bet the A grade plays, anything else you get is just icing on the cake. If you want to take the other information that I give you. Uh, but I mean, those, the, when the model, and, and, and I was thinking about this the other day, I don't want to go too long on this, but this is a math show, right? And I really want to lean into that, right? I, you know, the stats professor thing, like this is my, my, my thing. And, and I want to help people uh, understand why the A grade plays are doing so well. It's not um, anything other than when the discrepancy between my projection and the book slide is large. What that means is I can be missing certain things. And even if I am, we still have a plus expected value play. That's what makes them strong. That's the nuts and bolts of it. That's the like, if you want to get into the weeds, that's why they're so good. Whereas the B grade plays, that's why I say on the B grade and the C grade plays, we want to look into them and think, do we really like them and analyze them? That's what we try to do a little bit on the show is talk about a B or a C grade pick that we like. Because there, if I'm missing something in the model, that might not be a plus expected value play. And that's what we are all about is those plus expected value plays. But the A grade plays, we kind of play them blindly because even though they aren't going to win all the time, the White Sox, I mean, huh, had a lead. The White Sox, hey, we had a White Sox A grade first five at least that cashed, thankfully, because of that fifth inning for them. But I mean, the White Sox pitching was just, oh my gosh. And that's going to happen sometimes, right? That's baseball. But the point is in the long run, those A grades, even if I'm missing things, are still going to be solid plays on the whole just no, almost no matter what. And the, the B's and the C's, that's where we want to look and see, do we agree with them or not? And that's what we try to do. Jake, I rambled a lot. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, it's just absolutely fantastic how this uh, your sideline's been going. Especially, it, it really came about, it, like, not that I wasn't a believer beforehand, but when we switched to money line in college basketball last year, <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that's that when was incredible. it really just took off. And it's been great ever since. I'm really looking forward to college basketball season. Again. I can't believe I'm saying that because the long running joke we have is that I hate college basketball, but the last, like whatever that was six weeks was just incredible with the money lines of college basketball, uh, you know, and, and, and 
you even get a little bit bigger favorites and underdogs, but it, it works so well because we were able to cash like, and I, and I broke this out because I was trying to see, we were playing a lot of like minus 260s and minus 350s and crazy things. We were winning like 90% of them or something, right? And we were playing a bunch of dogs and we were playing a bunch of like 220 and dogs or whatever. And we were winning like 40% of those, which made them really profit. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Anyway, baseball, uh, I guess the, the thing to talk about, right, is the Angels, uh, RAP for their season. Uh Trout comes back for one game. Otani's done pitching. Uh, if you're an Angels fan, I imagine uh, you feel like you knew this was coming. Uh, but man, that was a rough day, rough night last night for an Angels fan. I feel like you might have you might have hit the bourbon hard last night if you're an Angels fan, right? Yeah, that's that's rough. And then I mean, not that Otani's going to be hurting for money, but I mean, that's what going to at least cut down a hundred million or two off that next contract he's going to sign wherever he signs it. Yeah, it's going to make things real interesting, right? Does he now sign a one-year deal as a, I'm just going to be a hitter and rehab my elbow and then he can sign that big deal as a pitcher or I don't know. It's, it's going to make things really interesting in the offseason when we get there. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of things happening. Of course, call triple right around the corner. Remember, just remind early on the show, if you haven't seen the week zero episode of Nia Cousin Jared, check that out. Uh, we're real excited for Sunday night to record week one episode. There's a ton of great games on that. The next uh, show that will be recorded will be that. You might see the next baseball show first, depending on how that plays out. We're going to record another college football show here for week one. And then after that, JQ and I are going to be breaking down the NFL. Uh, preseason games wrapping up this weekend, and everybody gets Labor Day off, which is nice for them. Um, I actually turned the TV on to some NFL football for the first time. Uh, I had some preseason on just to kind of get back into like, oh, yeah, there's this football thing, and they play on this – this grass, the white lines, you know, it's kind of like baseball, right? Grass and white lines, right? Uh, it's, it's like the same. Yeah. Sport. Just a few more, a few more white lines, a few more white lines, uh, a little more, uh, a little more hitting uh, yeah. helmets though. I mean, it's kind of the same sport, you know, yeah. that way. Um, we got a lot of football stuff going on. Uh, I'll be dropping a promotion again here. I think this weekend uh, on Twitter for dub club, if you're not with us already to go ahead and lock in the next several months to finish up baseball and to get, and for football, uh, again, if you're not with us there, you're, you're missing out. Check it out. See what you think about it. Again, the sign-up link's in the show description. But again, I'll drop something on, on Twitter or on X or whatever the heck we're calling that thing now. Uh, we've rambled enough. Let's get to it here. 7.07 p.m. Eastern, the Guardians of the Blue Jays. Um, Sideline does not like the Guardians. I mean, that's just the bottom line. It really doesn't like them. Uh, it went hard against them here these last two days against the Dodgers. We had the Dodgers back-to-back -back plays the day. I'm calling it officially a push for wednesday's game because that's how most sports books operate if you happen to play at one that did not push that congrats to you you've got some extra coin in your pocket but i love the dodgers on wednesday that game half happened on wednesday and then half on thursday they won easily i love the dodgers on thursday they won pretty easily in that one as well uh and part of it is the dodgers are great we've talked about that they're an incredible team we don't have to go deep in that but the guardians just not very good and i think yes i saw it today and I comment this on, on Dub Club, the, the Giant, the or on Discord, the, the Guardians' offense, their number three hole hitter uh, was a guy who today who was um, not good enough to play offensively for the Yankees, who have exactly one hitter in their lineup at this point, and their number four hitter was cut by the A's, and. That just tells you how bad their offense is. You can see it on the screen, that rating of a 78. It's really Jose Ramirez. You take him out, and it's in the 60s. I mean, they're like maybe the worst offense in baseball without Jose Ramirez, who's incredible. But 
it's just not much else. Um, Blue Jays offense, of course, still pretty good. Maybe not, uh, you know, what we hoped it would be. If you were a Blue Jays fan, you were hoping to be best offense in baseball for years to come. Still a good offense, just maybe not quite, uh, again, at the top, top. It's still very good. Tanner Bybee and Chris Bassett, two pretty solid pitchers, get pretty similar grades. Bybee's ERA is better, but the underlying metrics suggest maybe the gap's a little bit closer. You also have to look at historical data. The fact that Bybee's a younger guy, he just has more variability. I think the upside for Bybee is a lot higher for sure, being a younger guy. Bassett's a little bit more of a known quality, going to be somewhere in the solid, not great, good kind of range. Bybee, we don't want to get too caught up, be too much of a prisoner of the moment, but he has looked good so far. So I think his upside's there. Model thinks he's the better pitcher by a little bit. He might be a little better than the model thinks, but but the edge there is just nowhere near what the edge is between these two teams offensively. And that's the key and why the Blue Jays, according to sideline, win this game about 64% of the time. Price should, price should be at minus 180. Money line A grade is uh, minus 155. Lo and behold, the current price is minus 155. We are sneaking them in right at the threshold of an A grade. Um, and let's talk about at the top of the show, right? What that means is the difference between uh, the probability that I think they win and the sports books uh, that we can bet them at says that even if I'm missing something and what I might be missing, Tanner Bobby might be a little bit better of a pitcher. Even if I'm missing that a little bit, what this says is this is still a plus expected value play. And those are the ones that we want to have more money on. That's why we put more on the A-grade plays. Jake, what are your thoughts on this one? It comes down to the offense. I think the Guardians are already in looking at next year mode, just seeing what they can find and put together. I feel sorry for Bybee and, and uh, Ramirez because Ramirez just signed that long-term deal to stay there and probably shouldn't have because that's going to relegate him to Mike Trout's status for a very good player that mm. never gets to sniff the playoffs. Uh, and then Bybee is – I think he's going to be a very, very good pitcher, but I think uh, his youth right now makes that kind of yo-yo a little bit until he gets gets it narrowed down. And that's the advantage with Bassett. He's got a good offense behind him. He can He's probably a little more comfortable. He's been there, done that kind of thing. Uh, and I think he's just – the Blue Jays are just such a better team right now. They really are uh, right in the thick of the playoff race there for that last spot. It's going to be, it's looking like a heck of a race in the AL for the wild card, throwing in the Blue Jays for the AL West. The Rangers, Astros, and Mariners are all right there. Whoever doesn't win the division is two of those teams battling with the Blue Jays for the last two spots, uh, assuming the Rays and the Orioles still hang out in front, which might be a race for that division. It's looking like a great race uh, there. The Guardians, though, I think are just about done. The thing I want to say about Bobby, the last thing about him specifically is. XFIP of 432. When his when, when a player has an XFIP of a, a buck 30 higher than their ERA, that indicates that he's had some good luck. I'm not trying to rain on his parade. I'm not trying to dog him. I'm sh- I mean, he's a, he's a really good pitcher for sure. I'm giving him an 88 grade. I mean, I don't know what more you want for a rookie, right? Uh, but the point being, if you're just looking at ERAs, you probably think he's much better than Bassett. And that's where I'm not sure if he were to continue to pitch the way he's pitched, if that ERA wouldn't start creeping up. Now, it probably wouldn't get up to 432, especially with the innings he's already banked, but it would start trending up. Uh, A good Blue Jays offense is the type of team that if you aren't getting good luck against, they can really make you pay. And so that's the possibility that we see here. Uh, Like you said, the offenses are just so different that Chris Bassett, even though he's not a fantastic pitcher, he's good enough. He should have success against this Guardians offense. Guardians coming off basically playing a doubleheader here uh, the day before. Just sets up to be a good spot uh, for the Blue Jays. Again, a great play at minus 155. Total in this game is eight and a half. 
model says 7.8 model again likes Bybee thinks that the Blue Jays are going to score, but not going to score a ton and just does not think the Guardians score much of anything. Both sets of relievers are above average. Jake, model would lean under eight and a half. It's a difference of about seven tenths of a run on expected value. How do you feel about this total? Is under eight and a half something that you lean, you like, you stay away, or you just are you waiting, hoping for nine? What are your thoughts on this total? If it stays at eight and a half, I'll end up playing it. I'm hoping I get nine, so I'm going to watch it. Uh, but I do like the under here. I just... I don't think the Guardians' offense has got enough in it to push us over. And with Bybee and the relievers, I, I think this stays well under. I kind of agree. It sets up to be a five-to-one type game, and obviously sports are predictable and weird things happen. Like no, nobody in the right mind would have predicted the Red Sox put up seventeen runs uh, against the Astros. And even even aside from the fact that four of them were off of Maldonado, they got like eleven in the first five innings or whatever. Right? No one was would predict that. So so sports are predictable, right? But this this feels like a five-to-one type game where the Guardians will get. Uh, I mean, the Blue Jays will get some. Guardians shouldn't get that many. I'm like you. If it's if it hangs at eight and a half probably go under but i'd love a nine just that push protection on on a common number the other thing to note temperature in toronto is projected to be in the mid 60s i'm thinking that's going to mean the roof open that's how i've run it with the model if they open the roof up in its mid 60s that's going to bring the expected number of runs down a little bit i have got at a negative three percent adjustment not a ton but if they close that roof and it gets a little bit toastier in there that could change things up a tiny bit. It's not going to be a huge difference. It's just something to note that depending on exactly what the temperature does and what the roof does, you could be talking about a difference of an expected up to half a run swing from max and min. So just something to kind of keep an eye on there. But under, I think uh, you and I are on the same page. They're kind of the lean, maybe not a bad pick at eight and a half, uh, but no rush uh, necessarily to play that one. To some late games. Royals at the Mariners. Uh, I mean, the model doesn't like the Royals either. Um, the, the the first thing we have to talk about this: the Mariners have been playing so good, some insanely good baseball, and yet in August, the Royals in Kansas City gave them everything they wanted. Every game was tight. That was a crazy series. Um, I'm not saying that that doesn't mean anything but i don't think it means a lot you've got a young team in the royals that's going to play better at home than on the road uh sports are weird right every bad team has this random series where they look good random stretches where they look good i just want to get ahead of this so that we're not like oh well the royals played them well they've got their number i don't really think that means much considering they saw a different picture every night the mariners bullpen might be the biggest concern here and you can see that grade up to an eight a 79 on the screen when they were like a 70 a month ago they looked terrible as of like that i still think they're good i still believe in them but man they had that's been the, the lone weak spot for the mariners has been that bullpen has really struggled it struggled again in that last game uh against chicago uh and it struggled against the Royals, and that was part of uh, part of the issue there so they really got to figure out whatever's going on they've got a lot of great arms but it's like they traded their closer and I don't know, something mental about the slots and how everything was going. It, it's just been a big question mark for them since then. Not that I think Sewell was that good. Uh, it's just everything's been a little bit off the bullpen. That's the concern you have. Otherwise, this is a massive mismatch. The Royals relievers haven't been good all season. The Mariners offense is decent. The Royals offense isn't two decent starters here. Brady Singer, who's been mostly pitching a little bit better, and I've been talking about as of late, not as bad as that ERA underlying metric suggests it should be about a full run lower than the 504 that it sits at. Bryce Miller 
has been pretty strong all season, 378 ERA. Advanced metrics say maybe it should be a little bit higher. So that's the reason why Singer gets a better grade. The advanced metrics and, of course, Singer had such a great year last year. We can't completely ignore that. We don't put too much stock in it, but it matters a little bit. Either way, probably rounding error. Two solid pitchers. Mariners, though, a much better team. Model says they win 70% of the time. A grade threshold minus 199. We've been riding the Mariners a lot. It's been mostly good to us here in the month of July and August. Minus 199 is the threshold for an A grade. We've got minus 177. Uh, Jake, I feel like anytime you get the Mariners at an A grade, it, it's starting to feel a little bit like last year. You know, early on they were it was real scary, and they still play in a bunch of close games. But it's for the most part, even though they let us down a couple days ago, for the most part, it's been pretty good anytime the model really likes the Mariners that likes them here. What do you think? Yeah, uh, look, I can't figure out why we're getting minus 177. The, the Royals, I, I mean, I know Singer is very, he's a very good pitcher, very solid pitcher, mm -hmm. but that bullpen is so bad. Like you had a 129 up there, I think is what, what I saw rated it, which is just stunning. It's two, it's two um, full standard deviations below average. It's just the, the only one worse than that, I'm pretty sure, is the maybe the Angels and the A's are the only ones worse than that. Was just dogging on the Angels tonight, uh, but yeah, Sorry. The, just the Royals. And the, I mean, they're all and I'm wearing and I'm wearing a Dodgers hat, <laughs> a Dodgers jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's bad night. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Royals' offense not going to be good enough to overcome this, even with their best pitcher going. I just the way the Mariners play right now, it's it's hard not to back them, and the fact that we're getting minus one seventy seven is lovely. The run line A grade price requirement would be plus 111 the current price is plus 115 if you wanted some run line action that would also get to an a grade it would barely get there it would get there a little bit less than the money line the reason for that is the model expects a little bit fewer runs in the sports books and that's again where we get a little bit boost or not to that run line is do we expect more or less runs current totals eight model says seven and a half Seattle is such a pitcher-friendly environment, uh, roof open or not there, and a lot of the nights are the same. Uh, you got two decent starting pitching, two starting pitchers. The Mariners' offense uh, has, has been a lot better as of late, mostly fueled by Julio Rodriguez. Not just that little hot stretch he had. He's been much better. Uh, that first couple months of the season, he struggled. Mariners' offense struggled. A lot of the Mariners have struggled. But as they started playing better, he was one of the key ingredients to that. Of course, everyone knows about the little uh, four-game stretch he had. That was just incredible. Uh, but Mariners, you know, they can go times without scoring, and you just don't expect the Royals. That doesn't mean they can't. You just don't expect the Royals' offense to score much against Bryce Miller and these Mariner relievers in Seattle. Very different than in Kauffman Stadium, where they were last week when they played. And, and you have one of the more hitter-friendly, you know, top five hitter-friendly ballpark. Very different world here. So if the Royals don't score many runs, it's going to be hard for this game to get over. That's why the model kind of leans under. But that's what makes the run line also not quite as appealing because you got the Mariners, the home team in what could be a low scoring game. Uh, Jake, I have to say, I still probably would sprinkle a little bit on the run line. I'm sure you would like that as well. Uh, most of the time I would, but this time with the way the uh, bullpen has been throwing for the Mariners, mm. it kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, makes sense to, to do it. I'm just, I'm a little more conservative there. It would that kind of late run. Would that kind of scare you off a little bit of the under eight as well? Or do you think the, you know, you still see like a four to three type game or? Yeah. Yeah. I like the, I like the under eight. I'm just okay. not convinced that oh, we might get four to three. We might get three to two, uh, anything like that. I'm just not a hundred percent confident in that marriage bullpen right now. Yeah. Before, you know, in the month of July when they were so good, right. 
this game's two to nothing in the ninth inning, and you're like, got the run line, got the under, right? This game's, you know, four to one, got the run line, got the under. You know, now, even if, you know, even if it was five, you know, five to two, you'd be like, got them both, right? And now, you, now you'd just be like holding your breath in the eighth and the ninth, be like, what is going to happen with that? It's been just, I don't quite get it. It doesn't make any sense. I know there are some people who will talk about roles. Pitch, humans are creatures of habit. So who knows, right? I'm not trying to say it is or it isn't because there are some people who are going to be really about their their roles, their routines, their habits, and they get a little bit off if they're pitching different situations. And that's kind of a thing with some people. I don't know if that's it. I don't know if it's just sometimes we like to take bad variants. We like to attribute a story to it. So we're trying to come up with a narrative and, and there really isn't one that I don't know. All I know is that the results have been really shaky for this bullpen. And when is it going to get figured out? Is it going to get figured out anytime soon? I have no idea. Mariners still should win this, but there is that big question mark. Thankfully for them with Bryce Miller on the hill, it, again, it sets up to be any one of these number of scores we've talked about late, and the Mariners should be able to hold on. The big question is, can they hold on to him by more than one? Make sure you're getting plus odds in that run line, though, of course, because even as much as we like the Mariners, and we think there's a 70% chance they win, there's only a 51% chance, according to the model, they cover the run line. That means there's about a 20% chance they win by exactly one run, and that makes sense when we expect a lower scoring game in Seattle that they could easily win by one. And so a 20% chance is a lot to be honest for winning by an exact score. So uh, something to keep in mind there. Last game, 10, 15 PM Eastern. So seven fifteen local Braves and the giants two teams that are, uh, you know, two teams that are looking at the playoffs. One's already in right. <laughs> One's eyeing to, to, to stay in their playoff spot. The giants have been a team struggling, Called up Patrick Bayless or playing better, kind of struggling as of late here. The last, you know, August hasn't been quite as good at the Giants as maybe, you know, June and June and July was. Braves still keep rolling. Uh, Spencer Strider still definitely in the running for the best pitcher uh, in baseball, best pitcher in the National League, potentially. I mean, he, he, nothing, cannot say enough good things about him. Underlying metrics better than that ERA. You expect nothing but good things from him. Logan Webb's been fantastic too. He's had a couple of bumps in the road, but a 336 ERA and the advanced metrics say maybe it should actually be lower. I mean, you got a really good pitcher on the other side as well. Two decent sets of relievers as well. Of course, you got uh, that Braves offense can just do it any amount of damage at any time. It seems like Braves and Dodgers both are just, you get that top of the lineup and you just hold your breath if you're going against them and you're giddy if you're with them. I, I, the Dodgers today, uh, multiple innings i think the second third time through mookie gets a hit freeman gets a hit and it's just like yeah here we go and the braves are the same way you get that top of the lineup if you're back and you're like get to the top you're like all right here we go like you know the hits are coming and that's just what the braves have done all season model suggests the braves win 62 percent of the time should be minus 162 minus 140 would be an a grade we have a b grade pick on the braves at minus 149, pretty solidly in that uh, B threshold here. Not quite close enough to an A. Uh, Jake, what do you got on this one? I, I just think the Braves of the night off going with Strider out on the mound. It's really hard not to back them. Uh, they've been out there, so you don't have to worry about the whole travel time zone thing. I'm sure they've, with the night off, they've been out there for a while to get adjusted to that. Uh, the Giants just... Uh, they seem very shaky right now. I, I, yeah. I can't, put, can't put my finger on why exactly. It doesn't make sense. It could be that like, their offense has been good, decent for most of the year, but just there wasn't too many names there that provide the extra power or the timely hits, and maybe that's finally catching up to them. But uh, the Braves, like I thought their offense was going to take a hurt when 
Ozzy went down, and it <laughs> almost seemed to get better. Yeah. You just take Harris out of the ninth spot and put him in the second spot. And that's no big deal. Ridic- yeah, it's a ridiculous yeah. amount of offensive talent there. Ozuna is on fire. Rosario, mm. this this is this Braves team might be peaking now, which I'm not sure if that's a great thing or not. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, like it's just it's unreal how good they are this year. Uh, with all the and added and all the pitching trouble they've had, it's ridiculous. I just I don't see Strider screwing this game up. I think he'll go deep and really take advantage of this Giants offense. So I mean, uh, I have two thoughts to your point about the Giants struggling. I think number one, uh, the offense has kind of constantly got about a league average grade from the all season, and I think that's what happens with league average offenses. You see times where they perform better and they perform worse, and they perform better and they won a lot of games. I think you've seen them perform a little bit under that. And the truth is somewhere in between. They aren't. They probably aren't as good offensively as they had in that hot streak in the middle of the summer when they just looked when they were scored a bunch of runs. You're like, how are they doing this? They these guys aren't that good, right? And and they're not quite as bad as what we've seen now, which is they seem completely clueless, right? The truth is, again, somewhere in between. That's what the model said all along. I think the other thing is they've been so reliant on the bullpen, and I think it's starting to wear down a little bit. We've talked about this. It happened with the Dodgers earlier in the season, the Astros earlier in the season, uh, some of these other teams. The Giants just have been wearing those guys down. And I think that's kind of showing in some of the results with the fact that they've really only had – uh, you know, Webb has obviously been the guy that they can throw out there consistently. Cobb has for the most part, but he's even had a couple times where he's missed starts, had a couple injuries, uh, you know, a couple shortened starts, that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, I think they've got one other guy, I'm losing his name out, but they've, they've kind of rolled two to three starters, it seems like, all season. And the rest has just been bullpen games. And they've done it with a mis- mismatch of, you know, Woods thrown a little, Manias thrown a little, and, and Stripling's thrown a little, and, uh, you know, Jelly's thrown a little coming up from, from AAA, but it's just it's just all those innings that are starting to wear down. Stripling now back on the IL. Um, I think that's kind of the thing we're seeing lately is a combination of the offense just having a downturn, the bullpen getting wore out. Um, doesn't mean they can't turn right back around. I think they're still a solid team, uh, but maybe, again, not quite as good as they looked in the middle of the summer when everything was going well for them. Jake, this one, uh, the total is 7.5. Model says 7.3. Look, the people want us to disagree, all right? So I'm going to give the people what they want. And I kind of like the under more than the Braves, and you don't. And so I'm going to I'm going to give you the floor there because I look at this, and I and and I think both are good plays, right? I think the Braves are good B-grade play, and I, and I tend to agree with you having that day off before comes in handy. Strider is a guy that sometimes doesn't go as deep, right? You, you, you compare him to Webb. Webb's got 23 more innings and one more start. Uh, Webb's a guy that goes deep, saves the bullpen. Strider kind of just lets it go and – Sometimes only goes like five, six innings, right? But with the rested bullpen, that should help. The, the Braves bullpen, you know, it's all hands on deck with a night off and knowing that Webb is the toughest pitcher to beat, right, to, to win this game. So I, I like the Braves. The question about the price, is that too steep versus this seven and a half? I don't know. I just think that, that in San Francisco, night game, you know, 60 degrees like it always is in, in August, which, you know, as someone who's living in Texas right now, 60 degrees is like lovely. Impo- sounds impossible. I just don't know how there's going to be runs in this, but you like the Braves more. The people want us to disagree. Look, we're disagreeing. I like the under more. You like the Braves more. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you have your rebuttal now. Like on the, on the under, what worries me is how much bullpen the Giants have to use, right? They're they're going to want – because they're really needing this for the playoffs. They're going to want Webb to mm-hmm. go as much as they can because Cobb yeah. since the All-Star break, not been great. Yeah. Um, Scafani or whatever's on the IL. He's, yeah, he's been, been out almost, almost all the season, it seems like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they're going to need their bullpen later. So I think 
web may go around too far and mm. doing that against a Braves offense can really push it over, especially something where a five, three beats you because that that's why it worries me at eight or eight and a half. I've probably played the under mm. but seven and a half. I'm just too worried about the eight coming around. Gotcha. All right. So uh, hopefully viewer, hopefully that, that helps you make some sense there. I think both are good plays. Uh, and I think you're right. I think, Logan Webb is is kind of the key to this. How you feel about can he get a seventh strong inning? I mean, honestly, they'd love an eighth, and he's done that before, of course. Is this Braves offense going to allow him to do it? If if Webb has to labor, and you might know early, if you're alive better and you kind of have a feel for these things, I, I, I'm not. I The model is where it is for me, and I just trust the math. If you're alive better and you see Webb, you know, laboring early on, that might be an indicator of, you know, the Braves are going to get to him later on, get him out, get the bullpen involved. And that kind of changes things as well, because if he's laboring only going five or six, it's a very different world than if he goes seven or eight. So things to consider there with Webb, how deep he goes, whether you like the under seven and a half, a little bit more, or the Braves, again, both good picks. Maybe you like a little bit of either or a little bit of both. You want the intersection of those two giants team total under would be another way to look as a way to kind of, uh, play both of them together uh, without literally playing both of them together, um, which takes us to the pitcher prop of the day in this game. Spencer Strider, we're going to go over eight and a half strikeouts. Obviously he hits this a lot, 72% of the time. Jake, what I like the most about this play is the situation in San Francisco. Pitchers talk all the time about they love, love, love pitching in San Francisco and Oakland because it is consistently cool. It's not hot. It doesn't wear them down. That matters a lot. We nailed our prop here the night before getting that under five and a half was key. Um, with Heaney, uh, there's a reason again why you should be on Dub Club. I sent that out to people that night. I said, get it then. By the morning, it was already gone and under four and a half. It mattered because they pulled him early because it was a hot night in Minnesota, right? The heat matters for pitchers. Fatigue coming out early. Strider's biggest issue is innings. If he goes six innings, he's almost assuredly got this with the way the Giants strike out. He probably gets it at five, to be honest. But at six, it's a lock. And in a night that's cool in San Francisco, it sets up perfectly for the pitcher to be able to get that extra inning. Uh, Jake, you're a Braves fan. You've seen Strider pitch a lot. How do you feel about this prop? I think you nailed it. I love this prop because anytime you can get Strider under, like I've seen a lot of nine and a halfs out there, and he's <laughs> he's hit that quite a bit. But anytime I see it under nine and a half, I play it because he, it's it's rare that he doesn't get to nine. I mean, look look at there on the screen. It's, I was gonna say like, on the screen, and you talk about the difference between. The difference between eight and a half and nine and a half is look at how many nines there are. It's what the first four, five, six, seven, eight, eight times. Eight times he hit nine exactly. So I mean that's a, like you said, that's a huge difference between whether you're getting eight and a half or nine and a half. Yeah, and I think the way he throws, he's got magnificent stuff. I mean, it's unreal. The Giants swing a lot, and I, they're fairly aggressive at the plate. And I think they get that's the reason they get so many strikeouts. I think that's also what leads to them being so up and down, not just like a very consistent average of like a very high, high, and then a very low, low is because how aggressive they are. And I think that's going to play right in the Strider's hands. I think you're absolutely right. This uh, prop being at eight and a half is shocking to me. In fact, typing in right now, this message to the dub club, uh, to the discord people, everyone, if you're on discord, everyone on dub club has discord access uh, right now to make sure people get that because this feels like there's no reason this should be an eight and a half. You are paying a little bit of juice, but again, knowing how key it is to get to nine, uh, 
is really important. This is another one like the Heaney win. It, uh, it's got to get to nine and a half. I don't understand why it's here. The Giants strike out a lot. Uh, you know, again, the key with him is always innings, but this sets up to be a spot um, where he should be able to go plenty deep. Honestly, I think I'd still go over nine and a half because I think this is a spot, again, with the weather that matters so much. But the eight and a half is just so much stronger of a pick. Uh, knowing, seeing how many times on the screen there he gets to nine or ten, uh, you got a great chance to hit this one. So, uh, pretty good little prop here. Hopefully, you're getting eight and a half. Hopefully, it doesn't disappear too soon. Uh, so, we can send that out to our people on Dub Club through the Discord chat to make sure they get that. And remember, if you want to see all of the uh, goodies over at Outlier.bet slash Professor, get you a seven day free trial that integrates seamlessly. With the big four domestic sports books, you can go click your prices, uh, make a little, uh, you know, little wish list, hit a button, it'll take you right to those websites. You can lock those plays in, so you can price shop, which is really nice because shopping for player props is like insanely annoying. So just the price shopping alone on Outlier is probably worth the the, the minimal cost that that you have to pay for to sign up. It gets you that free trial for seven days in the uh, show description. They've got college bat uh college football uh props already up on the board for week zero i haven't even played with it too much yet because i'm still kind of in baseball mode here uh but if you do the player props in college football they've already got that if they're gonna have nfl stuff of course for nfl season so check that out that trial links in the show description or it's just outlier.bet slash professor and that wraps us up here a little recap got some favorites for you here two out of three of these ought to hit uh Good chance all three of them do, I think. Uh, a couple A-grade plays and a pretty solid B-grade play. Jake, uh, you don't choose to back the Braves often, so I feel like when you do uh, on show, I, I feel like you're I think you're, I feel like you're a little leery of being accused of being a homer, so you're not just always taking the Braves. The fact that you're taking the Braves, I feel, I feel pretty good about this one. Uh, and again, I don't, know, I don't know if I've told people this under the hood, right? I kind of give you and J- Cousin Jared, I kind of give you all a little bit of leeway most times to pick the Sometimes we can't because there's only so many lines out there. But a lot of times I kind of just say, hey, you know, pick what you want here. So, uh, you know, Jake, you picking the Braves here, I think uh, bodes well for us. Uh, any parting words for people as they head into the weekend? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I try not to pick the Braves because I don't want to be accused of being a homer and, and just picking – I want you to actually listen to the analysis and not just assume I'm doing it because I love the Braves. But exactly, I, mean, I don't know if you I don't know if you mentioned mentioned it when you're going through the player prop stuff. But what you're what seven of your last nine on those two? Se- like, seven of last eight. Yeah, seven of the last eight. That's I mean that's an unreal streak with player props because those are so hard to hit that consistently. So I mean this, everything you're doing is rolling right now. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun here. August has been good. July was every month's been good lately. I feel like the last bad month we had was like January, uh, and that was that was what caused the shift to the money lines in college basketball. And I was like, I gotta find something new, and I did. I, I, uh, I hate to use the phrase. It's like overplayed. People are the whole like I'm in the lab, you know. And I'm, not, I'm not like a. It just seems kind of like blame to me, but like I don't know. As a professor, like I feel like I kind of was like in the lab, you know, like nerding out trying to figure out what to do. I feel like Jackson. January was the last bad month we had, so. Yeah, it's been yeah. a lot of fun if you've been with us over on Dub Club. It's been a lot of profit. So uh, I'm talking to the Dub Club people, actually. And people have already clicked off. No one's even watching now. So we're just we're just talking. We're just shooting the breeze now. <laughs> I was talking to one of the Dub Club guys, and they made the comment that that over there we have some of the highest retention rate of all of their handicappers. I'm like, yeah, it's because like we've been doing well. People want to stick around. You know, not everybody's stuck. There are some people who've left, but uh, for the most part, people sticking around because uh, it's been uh, it's been good. So I don't know. I, I'm just terrible at marketing is the bottom line. I need someone to help me market because I don't know what I'm doing. 
when that trial comes out, man, it, just everybody jump on that. Come see what it's yeah. about. Check it out, learn, and then when you stay, when you stay, it's gonna be well worth it. Yep. Yep. Well said. All right. Well, thank you for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy the sports betting content right on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. We back again Monday with more baseball betting content and that week one college football. But until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.